Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. Today, we are sharing our recent guest interview on the Jewelry Business Academy podcast with host Robin Clark. Robin is the founder of the minimalist and conscious jewelry brand, Clara Lifestyle. And on her podcast, she connects with fellow entrepreneurs to inspire others to level up their businesses and their lifestyles. And in our interview with Robin, we discuss our minimalist lifestyle stories and the practices that we carry out each day to maintain this simple and intentional way of life. Plus, we share our advice on how to incorporate minimalism principles into our homes and our workspaces. We also talk about the work we do off the pod to help others simplify their lives, including our one-on-one and group simple living consultations and the creation of our first lifestyle product called the Closet Kit that we designed in response to many of our listeners call for help with their wardrobes. You will learn how living with less can help you create space to prioritize yourself, prevent burnout, and boost your focus each day. Be inspired by the great benefits that come with living a minimalist lifestyle, and together, let's live more with less. Kelly and Lauren, it's so good to have you on the Jewelry Business Academy podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's such a pleasure and I'm so honored to have you guys here today. I'm really excited to chat all things minimalism with you two today. I myself started my minimalism journey about two years ago and I ended up incorporating a lot of principles of minimalism into my business over the years. And so it's just a topic that I'm really passionate about and really excited to learn more about from the experts Um, So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners um, and share a little bit of both of your backgrounds and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Yeah. So my name is Kelly. I'm the producer and co-host of the Millennium Minimalist podcast. I've always been in the event space and I've always been a big listener of personal development podcasts and big reader of personal development books. And I used to run a community empowerment series in Toronto to help bring together young entrepreneurs in one room who don't always have fellow entrepreneurs surrounding them each day to keep motivated. And so I did that. And uh, it's kind of a very unique story how Lauren and I ended up coming together and starting this podcast. But uh, I will turn it over to Lauren to share a little bit more about her background. Yeah, so I'm Lauren. I'm the co-host of the Millennial Minimalist podcast. I sell real estate like as my day job. And yeah, Kelly and I, we kind of have a cute story. That's how I met her was I showed her properties. I had a listing on Craigslist and she messaged me for it. So I always joke that we met on Craigslist. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and yeah, one day Kelly came over to my place and she was like blown away. She's like, your place is so beautiful and it's so simple. And I was like, yeah, I'm a minimalist. And I think that's kind of what inspired everything. She just started adopting the lifestyle and we, we went from there. So it was actually back in uh, 2018. I was going through a career transition and Lauren and I were hanging out a lot. And I, I realized that a lot of the stuff that I owned was not only cluttering my space, but cluttering my mind and cluttering my, my focus and my ability to have the clarity to figure out what I wanted to do next in my life. And I'll never forget the day that I went to Lauren's house and 
I actually, I didn't just look around. I actually noticed for once. I was like, wow, you live so simply. This is incredible. And it was that very day, that same day that I went home and I started decluttering my closet. So that's where I started. I started with my closet. And then of course, starting with your closet, it then flows into any, every other area of your life, especially when it came to my calendar. So I adopted what we like to talk about. We could talk about the bullet journal. So I adopted that method of keeping organized. And, and then Lauren and I decided Lauren was also in a transition in 2018. And we decided last minute within maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 days that we would go book a trip to Italy. And we went to Italy and it was on our second last day in Italy, in the fields of Florence, Italy, that Lauren and I decided to start a podcast together. And it was inspired by our shared love for minimalism. Lauren, the dynamic is that Lauren is the innate minimalist. She's always lived this way. And I am more the minimalist adopter because I didn't discover this until later. And now we're four years into the podcast. And so that's a little bit of a background on us. Wow. You guys have an incredible story. It's almost a bit magical how everything sort of happened from Craigslist to like Italy. Um, it's, it's pretty magical. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I would love to hear more about like your bullet journal in a few minutes. But first, I want uh, for anyone who doesn't know what minimalism is or who's new to minimalism, can you share what your definition of it is and what are some of the characteristics of a minimalist lifestyle? Yeah, I, I think it's owning what you use. Like you walk into your house and the decorations you have are out and you love them and you use them and the possessions you use. And when I think about characteristics, that's when it can spill into all areas of your life. Like it's not just your physical possessions that you're using, but it's your thought processes. Like is the thoughts that you're thinking, are they beneficial to your life? Are you using them in a way that, you know, is helpful to you? Is your technology, are you using it in a way that's helpful to you? You're mindful, you're aware of, you know, your surroundings and and your thoughts. So minimalism is just being about it's being intentional with your your stuff, your thoughts, the way you live your life. And I, I think that's why it's growing. And people are so interested in it, because we're just, we have so much distraction and so much clutter in our lives now. Yeah. And, and simply put, it, it, it really is a lifestyle. Minimalism is a simple and intentional way of life. Laura and I love to remind our, our friends, you know, it's an opportunity to remove all the excess in your life, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, digital, or spiritual clutter. There's five main areas. And it really is also a, a lifestyle template. It is an opportunity to start fresh, start with a clean slate. I remember when I started adopting this lifestyle, I was like, wow, like as you keep removing the excess in all those areas, you regain the clarity to figure out, okay, so how, how, how do I want to live now? Like I want to be intentional with how I spend my time, energy, and money. And so you get that you get that newfound sense of focus and it's just an incredible feeling. And again, this lifestyle isn't, oh, you just adopt this lifestyle one day and you're done. It requires maintenance. So of course, Lauren and I have, you know, it started from minimalism, decluttering your closet, decluttering your home to now we're helping our listeners and, you know, we'll get into our business as well. We're helping people, you know, 
clear their minds, their mental space. We're helping them figure out how to manage the thoughts that aren't serving them, manage feelings of FOMO, like all these. And then, you know, also how to focus on what's most essential. Like there's all these different areas. So it's, it's not just about removing the physical. It's so, so much more. I really love your definition of minimalism. And I'd love to touch on clutter because you mentioned there's a couple of different types of clutter. So I'd love to know what are the main areas of clutter in your home and what would be one piece of advice that you would share with a listener who's feeling overwhelmed at the clutter in their home, in their home studio, in their office, and they just don't know where to start? I would say the biggest areas of clutter for most people, I I would say clothes are probably number one. If you look at people's houses, their front closets are jam-packed, their their bedrooms are, their laundry rooms are, like we just have an overflowing amount of clothes. Um, I think people own a lot of books. They own a lot of kitchen stuff. You know, you think things like cutlery, containers, appliances, and paper clutter, and also just little knickknacks. Like people have so much random stuff around their house. Uh, not to go off on a tangent, but Kelly and I always joke that our mothers owned all of this stuff and it made us not want to own that much stuff from just being in these houses that were so full. So I, I think those are the biggest areas of clutter. I, I mean, Kelly and I will touch on our closet kit and why we designed it and how it helped people. But, you know, if people are looking to get rid of stuff, I think clothes are probably one of the biggest areas to start with because it's one of the things we purchase the most often. We don't really get rid of them or go through them, but it's something we still need on an everyday basis. And we also recommend starting by room and category. So not just decluttering all your all different rooms at once, because you'll just feel overwhelmed. Start with one room and then go by category. Start in one area and declutter from there. We also, you know, the, the thing is we really focus on promoting the method of decluttering and also being mindful while you're doing so, so that you're adopting the habit so that it just becomes second nature and it becomes an everyday habit. A lot of people, they just declutter and they organize once and then, you know, it gets messy again because they're not changing their habits. So at the end of the day, that is the most that is the most crucial part. Again, it comes back to you keep what you use in love and get rid of the rest. And by get rid of, we mean sell, donate or recycle. So you have those three options. I know sometimes it can get a little bit overwhelming, but sometimes maybe we can create a space in our home for that clutter. I know Lauren and I, we both work out of our homes. I know Lauren only part of the time, but sometimes your office space can get a little bit clutter, but it's about keeping on top of it. Also, you can have a room dedicated to it, right? So that not everything's scattered everywhere. Uh, And we can also talk about, being in an environment with other people. Some people are clutter blind. They're not yeah. supportive. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's crazy because some people, you know, they actually, they can thrive in clutter, uh, but that's not the majority of us. And that's why we exist. So, but for those people, we always recommend, you know, giving those people that room that they can thrive in, but have that compromise with your partner in a way that you can keep the majority of your place quite simple. Because again, the more simple that we live, the easier it is to go through each day. So. 
Yeah. One of the methods Kelly and I really push, I just want to touch on this is when you go into your living room or you go into your dining room, like ask yourself, what do I need this room for? And what do I need in it to like carry out those activities? Like most people's dining tables are full of stuff. Like it's piled high and they don't even use it for dining. And, you know, do you need in your living room, all of this stuff? that you like most people watch television in their living room or maybe they read or like what do you need to carry out those activities like you don't need to be surrounded by all of this stuff constantly and like kelly said some people are clutter blind i'm the type of person i kind of need that like blank canvas in life to be creative be at peace and to not be anxious or stressed like i i need clear tables and that's just how i need to function um again not everyone's like that but it minimalism varies for everyone. And then one thing that I would like to add is that sometimes we can often find ourselves buying things to store things that we don't need. So we highly recommend going through the decluttering process uh, before buying those pretty little items that store our items. Yeah, that's such good advice. And I love what you said about going into each room and thinking about the purpose of each room and um, not treating like your dining room table as a storage facility, which <laughs> I know can be easy for people, especially home offices, I feel like are often storage facilities for just everything else in the home. Um, so I really love that advice. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your business before we go into other questions. Master Simplicity. What inspired you guys to start your business? And can you share just a little bit more about it? Yeah, so our business, Master Simplicity, was really inspired by our listeners. We received a lot of emails and DMs about how how do I manage the clutter in my closet? So it was really a response or a response to their call for help for their closets. But it was also... Lauren's way of organizing her closet by outfits that inspired our closet kit. So Lauren has always kept a very organized closet. She's never had an issue in the morning getting dressed because her outfits are all laid out there for her. So we decided, hey, this is a really good method that works. And Lauren can share more information on how she's kind of tried every method out there and she was there with our listeners. She's tried them all. She's tried, she's, she's a, a lover of YouTube. She's tried all the methods and none of them worked. <laughs> and so we put our heads together and we decided to create our own closet decluttering method, which turned into a kit that includes sustainable wooden dividers uh, divided by category. So we have seven categories, a seven, seven piece sustainable set. It includes workwear, casual wear, active wear, sleepwear, evening wear, outerwear, and miscellaneous items. And so the purpose of this, this kit and this guide that we built, so there's the dividers, there's the maintenance guide, and then there is the system that we created. We created it because, again, unlike most methods that are quite complicated, we want to create a method that was quite simple. So it's five steps. And it not only helps people declutter and organize their things, more importantly, it helps people reflect on their lifestyle needs. As Lauren said, before this decluttering system even starts, the first step is to reflect on your lifestyle needs. What do you do every day? Like how, how many, so by saying like, what do you do every day? Like, what do you do for your career? How often do you go out for dinner? How often are you active? 
All these things will help us uncover your daily habits to figure out what kind of clothes you need in your closet and how many pieces, how many items you will need in your closet. So really it's a system that helps people adopt the daily habits they need to not only keep an organized closet each day, but build the habits to keep it for good for a lifetime. And it's been super rewarding. And originally we built it as one product kit, as one kit, which we still sell on our website at mastersimplicity.com. But we also sell the dividers and the the system, the guidebook as well individually, because we found some people just wanted the guidebook. So we, we offer all three. Yeah. Amazing. I actually really love that because my closet is arranged by colors and it's very impractical. Like when you said by sections, that makes so much more sense. Like I was there thinking for years, colors is the way to go, but it's, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. And Lauren can detail the method for sure. Yeah, I, I looked at all the other methods and I feel like, you know, as women, we can relate. We, how many times have you had to go to an event and you have ripped apart your closet, trying on every single outfit, been late to work because you didn't know what to wear. And there's so many memes out there. I've been shopping my whole life and I have nothing to wear. Like I, it was so true. And I, I looked at the traditional way of organizing closets where like you said, it was by color or it was by type. Like you would do your tops and your pants and your sweaters, which was great. Like aesthetically, that looks nice. It looks beautiful. It looks organized. But if it's seven o'clock in the morning and you have to be at a meeting in 30 minutes and you have to like piece together uh, an outfit, then it's not practical. So it might look beautiful, but it's not necessarily practical. It also doesn't make you an intentional shopper when your closet's organized like that, because why not buy a new sweater? Why not buy a new pair of pants? You're just going to be adding it to a section. And I tried everything. Like I, I tried the 10 item wardrobe and the capsule wardrobe. And I felt like I just I didn't really like my outfits. I couldn't remember all the different outfits that the 10 pieces made. And I got so frustrated. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a few outfits and just wear them on rotation. So I don't have to think about this anymore. And it worked. And then I was like, if I can just have my, a few work outfits, a few outfits for the weekend and for when I need to get dressed up, they will always be lined up in my closet and I will always have something to wear to whatever, wherever I need to be. And it, I will not have to think about it. And then when you're shopping, when you go to buy a sweater, you're like, what am I going to wear this with? Do I have pants to wear this with? Do I have shoes? Do I have a bag? Do I have a coat? Where am I going to wear it to? Am I going to wear it to work? Am I going to wear it on the weekend? And then when you start breaking those things down, you can be like, actually, I don't need this. And I don't have anything that goes with this. Or you'll bring it home and try it on with the other things to make sure it goes well. And you'll put it in the proper category, whether you're wearing it to work or on the weekends, and you'll actually make use of it. And then you wear your entire wardrobe, you can get ready in seconds, because it's right in front of you. And you're not buying stuff that you don't need or use anymore. So it just like Kelly and I just nailed this <laughs> with closets. I, I have struggled and tried everything. And I finally just been able to like wear the clothes and find pieces I love. And I know that I'll use and I can go on about this forever. But that's kind of the summary of how the kit works and our system. I love that. I think it's a brilliant system. I feel like I'm definitely going to be 
completely <laughs> overhauling my wardrobe at some point after listening to this feedback and everyone listening can definitely take a look at your course and your closet kits and everything online we'll link them in the show notes um at the end and so yeah I'd love to know about like purging possessions I know it can be really challenging what has your experience been over the years in terms of people letting go of items that no longer serve them do the majority of people struggle to let go? Do they end up storing the items in their garage, in their offices? Or are they able to easily let go and donate once they know the process? So I, I should mention that there are, in the average household, there are over 300,000 items. So first of all, <laughs> no. I just wanted to share that. That is insane. So, you know, wow. uh, you know, most of us amass so many possessions throughout our lives, mainly because we go to a store, we buy something, we end up not using that thing. And then we let it sit in our homes, collect us. And then maybe a month later, we buy that same item, a different version. And we start using that again. It's, it's about living with intention and asking those right questions before you buy, right. When you're at the store, but, uh, when it comes to letting go, yes, that's very, very challenging for most people. Of course, there's a lot of conversations involved, especially so Lauren and I run one-on-one consulting sessions with some of our listeners and those who found us off the pod. And we, we help them through those questions. So a lot of people hold on to things, but we ask them questions such as, do you still use this item? Do you still love this item? Will you still use this? So sometimes people own things like, for example, an old guitar and, you know, they think they're going to use it one day, but we say, but are you that person? Are you going to be that person one day? And most of the time they're like, no, I probably won't. And so we inspire them to then donate that item. And again, there's so much positivity. It's so rewarding when you donate something like that, or, you know, even selling the item and getting the cash back can feel good. So but when it comes to more sentimental items, of course, it's a little bit more difficult. The minimalists, uh, Ryan and Josh, they always suggest, you know, keeping a few items that spark memories, but not having, not keeping all of those items. You know, I, I, I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of the minimalists and uh, Joshua, he, he lost his mom and, and his mom left him with all of these possessions. And he realized in decluttering her space that you know, he didn't need everything and that the five little things that he chose to keep and they don't take up too much space, number one, and number two, they can spark those memories. So, and I know Lauren has more to share on this. So I'll share this with Lauren as well. I feel like with possessions, there's things that are easy to get rid of. Like if something's broken or if it's ripped or, you know, those things are easier to part with other things. I I think people do, they just, they, can't justify it. It's like, I paid for this, you know, maybe I'll use in the future. I don't want to get rid of it. One way Kelly and I suggest with stuff like that is you can store it for a little bit, store it for a month. And then you're not looking at it. You kind of have, you detach yourself a little bit from it. And then you can kind of go back in a month or two and be like, you know what? I didn't use this or I don't need this. Um, and, And now I feel like I can get it rid of it. I, my kind of rule of thumb is one calendar year. If you don't use something within one calendar year, you're probably not going to use it. Like there's things like a Christmas tree or like my, I store my skates, like stuff like that, but I still use them every single year. 
And I think when it comes to sentimental items, like Kelly was saying, people will leave their stuff or if someone passes away or, you know, something happens, if you get passed down their stuff, there's going to be things that are sentimental to you. Like if it's your friend, if it's your family member, there's going to be pieces that bring back memories for you or that are meaningful to you. And that's what you're going to hold on to. Like to keep everything of someone else's stuff doesn't make any sense. You you just would want to keep what brings value or meaning to you. But I understand it is really hard to get rid of those sentimental things. I love that advice. And I love the advice of storing something for a month and seeing if you even think about it and need it and then letting it go. Yeah. And a, a lot of a lot of people, it's, it, it becomes so easy to accumulate more. It's so easy to be at the checkout and see extra items at the checkout and, you know, have that impulse buy and take it home and accumulate more access in your home. So when we're talking about letting go, we remind those that we're listening, that we're working with that don't just let go. Think about how those possessions came into your home so that you can build the habits to, or positive habits so that that doesn't happen again. Cause a lot of the excess that we own is stuff that we never even use. So it's like, you got to ask yourself, how did I get here? Like, what are the habits I need to change? Uh, and you know, I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of the home edit on Netflix. And so they go into people's homes, they help them declutter and organize, but the people aren't actually with them. So They're not learning with them. They're not adopting the habits they need to keep it tidy. So the fear is that they're going to come back and they're going to just get messy again. So, so Lauren and I like to instill that in everything we do. Yeah, that is so true. Developing those habits to actually make that change and become more intentional with what you're bringing into your home and what you're keeping, um, is so important. And that can take a while, I'm guessing, to develop those habits and even just remember that's you're on that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Okay, so I'm a huge believer of incorporating many principles of minimalism into business from streamlining processes to simplifying designs. Um, and there's so many benefits of incorporating minimalism into any business from giving you more mental clarity, more time, increased productivity. And I'd love to chat a little bit more about this. What would you say is one of the biggest benefits that you see your clients experience from following a more minimalist lifestyle that you feel would translate over to someone incorporating minimalism into their business? Absolutely. So, I mean, gosh, everything, uh, clearing the clutter gives you this newfound focus. I would say that is the biggest benefit, especially when it comes to business, you can focus on your work and feel less distracted, not only from the physical things, but the digital clutter, uh, we talk about on our podcast and, you know, in, in working with individuals, you know, how to better manage their technology so that their technologies don't start owning them. Same with the physical clutter, the physical clutter in our spaces can actually affect our productivity. So it's very, very important. The majority of us, not all of us, again, the clutter blind people exist. Uh, but for the majority of us, you know, when it comes to living this way, I would say that is the one of the biggest benefits. I mean, it's overall clarity. You have clarity. So 
you are, you're not only more focused, but you're more present with the people that you're speaking with. Right. I think a lot of people in business, they feel incredibly overworked number one, and they feel overworked because of course they've got, they, there's not enough time in the day. But again, at the end of the day, I always remind myself, we all have the same amount of time in the day. We just need to prioritize our tasks better. So one of the things that this minimalist lifestyle has really helped me and, and all those that we work with is we, we highly recommend keeping what I call the bullet journal, which I, I believe you want to touch on. So a bullet journal is a way to organize your daily tasks and also keep a record of your past accomplishments and your future goals. It's basically just a journal, a daily journal. I put both my personal and my work tasks in it. And for me, what I get out of this is the act of putting bullet points of what I need to do each day. And I don't, I, when I originally had a bullet journal, I started with it. I started putting every little item in it and I got overwhelmed. And I realized that over time I started refining it. And the best benefit of this is that I physically get to cross things off. I know most people prefer to have a digital system. I have a digital system as well, but I put the most important pieces, the biggest appointments in my bullet journal so that I won't forget them. I mean, I think a lot of us, we, we can be consistent when it comes to our work, but then we'll little personal things will slip. And, and with the bullet journal, it doesn't allow you to do that because you're on top of both. So your personal commitments will also be in there. So for me, it's, it's been something that I've leaned on. I know Lauren has kind of simplified it for her. For her, she prefers to just do notes every day. Just, hey, these are the things that I need to do. And she'll just cross them off either on her phone or on a little piece of paper. And that works for her. Everybody has a different system. But for me, it's really, really, really worked well. We have a couple episodes in the bullet journal method. Um, it's, it's changed my life. And But again, off the top, clearing the access in your life gives you that focus to actually like be more effective at work, be more present with those that you work with. And it also gives you space. It This lifestyle reminds you to create space, to take a break. I experienced severe burnout in 2019. And in that experience, I realized that I need to put dedicated space in my calendar each day for me, for my mental health. Even if that means like a 10 minute walk to the coffee shop, just to get out of here. You know, sometimes I'll have meetings in my, in my calendar that says like 3 PM, I'm going to meditate for a half an hour or something like that. And I'll have a work call saying, Hey, can you speak at three? I'll say, no, I'm busy at three. You have to prioritize yourself. And especially as an entrepreneur, you are creating your own schedule. So, and also from working from home, we end up working longer and not prioritizing ourselves. And so at the end of the day, I, I, I've heard a quote about how, you know, if you're, if you're too busy, it means that you're not prioritizing well. Uh, and when someone told me that I was like, oh, I'm not going to say I'm busy anymore because then that means that I'm not prioritizing well. <laughs> so yeah. I'm more careful with that now. I love that. That is so, so true. And it can be really hard as an entrepreneur to actually take time and schedule in breaks in your day because you feel like you should be working 24-7, especially in the early years of business. I see so many entrepreneurs do this and then burn out. I've done the same in the past, so I know. <laughs> um, and it can be really hard to schedule in those breaks, but it's so important. And thank you for sharing about the benefits that minimalism can bring to your mindset and just 
giving you that clarity to really focus on what's important in your business and in your life. It just seems to have endless, endless benefits. So it's really incredible to hear. Um, How important is it for one to regularly organize and clean up clutter from your home and your workspace? The biggest thing is it's like anything in life. Like you can't just minimize your possessions and like you're done. Like it's like if when you're in a relationship, if you meet someone, you're not done. Like you have to, (laughs) you have to work on the relationship for the rest of your life or as long as you're with them. And like the same goes for minimalism. Like my place has no clutter, but I also go through my stuff on a weekly basis. Like I'm constantly editing my place. Um, I, it's part of my morning routine or my cleaning routine is, you know, I'll wash the floors and then I'll go through a drawer. So it's, it, I'm just very consistent with going through stuff. Kelly always jokes around, like if people are handing out samples or stuff, I won't take them. <laughs> she like runs away. She's like, no, no. <laughs> I always joke around when I have a house and family one day I'm gonna have like metal detectors coming in the house like an airport I'm like what's (laughs) in your pockets (laughs) but it is hard like I I know how quickly like you know you come home from work and you have bags and you're just drop stuff and it, it is hard to stay on top of but you know at least monthly, I would say you have to go through your stuff. And, and not only that, but you have to change your habits. Like if your weekends are spent at the mall or shopping, or if you take a break at work, and you like scroll online shopping, you have to change those habits so that you're not constantly bringing stuff in. And then you can start going through your stuff to edit it to see what you actually need and use and 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 even more so, like you ask about why is it important to keep organizing and purging? Well, I mean, think about this lifestyle, but by by living with less, you're going to spend less time organizing and purging, which is great. You know, at the end of the day, Lauren always reminds our listeners, you're going to, you're no longer going to spend so much time decluttering and organizing because you won't have much to declutter. Like Lauren, mm-hmm. when I sometimes walk into her house, I'm like, what is there to clean? <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, and of course, you know, I mean, it's it's so easy for us to accumulate so much excess and it can start to own us. So I think that's the most important. And I think a lot of people end up living on autopilot because their technologies are owning them. Their work is owning their time, you know? And I think it's, especially after the pandemic, I think we've learned that, No, we should take control of our time. If we have the opportunity, especially as entrepreneurs, we have the opportunity to manage our time. And rather than, you know, planning our days around our work, we should plan our work around the lifestyle that we want to live. Um, Put our lives first, because at the end of the day, health is number one. So uh, we have to watch out for that. Mm, That is such, such good advice. Thank you. So do you have any stories from clients that you've worked with in the past where they've had like a really transformative experience decluttering their home or their office space? And like, do they gain a lot of clarity and energy from the process? Can you share a story with us? Yeah, I think, I mean, we've worked with a number of clients, but, and what's so beautiful is they get so excited to do this and to like transition into this lifestyle. I think from our past clients, the biggest things people struggle with obviously are their closets. And the, another thing is just storage. Like they, they struggle with stuff that has just accumulated over the years that they haven't gotten rid of and that they've ended up storing. So 
those are some of the biggest areas we've worked with, with people and, you know, watching them transition, like people with their closets, it's so nice. They wake up and they dress up and then they have energy and they feel good and they feel confident and they're not wasting all of this money on clothes anymore. And their mornings are more streamlined and less hectic. And then their day goes better. So like, that's one of the biggest things we've seen with our clients and just seeing their homes get nicer and nicer every week or month when we meet with them and like seeing their spaces more clear and seeing them less stressed is it's incredible. So, and we work with our clients virtually as well. Like it's, 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 it's amazing. We just, you know, they bring their laptop and they, they show us their space. So we help them with their physical clutter. Uh, as Lauren said, it's a lot of storage issues. You know, people have messy basements. Lauren and I can attest to that growing up in our parents' homes. Uh, you know, we, we both have <laughs> our family homes with very, very cluttered basements. And, you know, also I, I wanted to touch on, you know, it's, it's, it's super rewarding. It's also a very emotional experience as well in such a beautiful way. I think letting go is tough but also happy tears as well saying, wow, like I feel like myself again, the clutter isn't overwhelming my life. I can see more clearly what I want to do next in my life. Or if someone's downsizing, we worked with someone who was downsizing, moving, uh, moving to a smaller place, um, getting rid of all that stuff. And it just feels like a fresh new start. And to be a part of that, it's just, it's so rewarding. And again, it's, People you like to joke, a lot of uh, KonMari consultants like to joke that it's, uh, or like to say that it, it is really a, the cheapest form of therapy to declutter your space. And really it, it, it is therapy. And, um, you know, as, as two people helping others, we, we also get a helper's high out of all of it. So it's, it's really, really fun for us to do. Yeah. You don't realize how much your stuff affects you. Like, I feel like people, they have clutter here. They have stuff in their basement. Their closets are full. They're like, oh yeah, I should get around to that. But once it's gone, the lightness that you feel and the energy you have, and it's beautiful. Like, I I don't think people realize the benefits of this lifestyle until they start transitioning into it. So it's amazing. I love that you shared that because I actually remember when I, I mean, I've never hoarded stuff at all, but I went like extreme minimalism two years ago, um, for me at least. And I felt so much lighter and I would do it every three weeks because I felt it, it got easier and easier to let things go to the point that I was like wanting to get rid of everything. I was like, okay, I'm done with everything, which was a bit intense, but like you suddenly just feel so much lighter, so much freer. Um, so much more energized and then you just don't want to buy stuff anymore like that was how I was feeling <laughs> yeah. so. what's crazy about my story is that I've always lived this way like ever since I was a kid people thought that my bedroom was the spare bedroom and people made fun of me they're like oh Lauren doesn't own anything if I had people to my place they'd be like oh did you just move in here like why is she And I I thought I was crazy. I was just like, I I don't want to own all this stuff. Like I can't stand clutter. Like I I just like clear spaces. And, and then once the minimalism documentary came out and I was like, wow, like I defined how I lived, like, and people want this, they aspire to this. And so it was so nice that Kelly and I were able to like share our stories and make a podcast out of this because 
I felt crazy forever <laughs> for how I lived, but <laughs> people love it. I was right. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so I do have a question for you guys because you are sort of entrepreneurs as well and business owners. And I just, this isn't mind, minimalist related, but it's mindset related. And I just love to hear your perspective on this. Like as entrepreneurs and business owners, especially with everything that's gone on in the past two years, it's really easy to feel overwhelmed, drained, tired, burnt out. And I know a lot of listeners have gone through this. Some people have lost their spark for showing up in their business and they're really struggling. Do you guys have any advice on how to avoid burnout or anything that you incorporate into your day-to-day to prevent burnout and to keep going? Absolutely. Uh, so something I should mention is both Lauren and I have three roles, <laughs> if not four, uh, if you separate our business from our podcast. So I, I manage um, uh, a run for charities full-time as well as I work uh, in the podcasting space. And then I have my own podcast and uh, we have this business. So we've got a lot on the go. Lauren does real estate. Um, She's also into comedy and she's got this podcast with me in the business. So we're both two very, very busy people who have both experienced burnout. And something that Lauren and I have incorporated into our day-to-day is our mindfulness exercises mental fitness. So for me, I, I go to meditate. I make time for meditation. Yesterday I was even sick and I still went to meditation because I was like, I need this. I need this breakaway from work. You know, I don't recommend that, but, uh, but for me, I needed that motivation, but, uh, you know, I'll call Lauren every morning, almost every morning. And she's always on her daily walk. She makes it happen. Lauren wakes up at like six in the morning, maybe earlier each day. She has her morning routine. So for Lauren, it's her morning routine. That's like, she, she, she won't break that. And she, she, um, I always know where Lauren is at that time. And then for me, I'm kind of a night owl. So it really works for our business. I, I stay up late. She wakes up super early. But for me, uh, it's, it's exercise. Exercise really, really helps making time for physical exercise and mental exercise. In the beginning, it was just physical exercise for me as someone who directs a 5k run. I'm an active runner, but uh, I remember back in 2019, I wasn't making time to exercise my mind. Uh, Yes. In terms of, you know, listening to personal development podcasts and stuff like that. uh, But I wasn't making time to rest my mind, creating space to rest mentally. And that is so important, whether that's meditation or laying down and doing nothing. There's a lot of power in doing nothing, but as entrepreneurs, we often feel guilty for doing nothing. But at the end of the day, by doing nothing, we'll actually be more productive and have the clarity to work better and and more effectively in the long term. So creating those little spaces in your calendar to disconnect also using your phone with greater intention. Uh, the minimalist lifestyle is all about living with intention, doing things with intention and asking yourself each day, okay, do I feel distracted? Okay. If you feel distracted, then how can we manage our phones better? Our technologies that are buzzing every hour. And, you know, maybe there's something, you know, most of it isn't urgent, right? You can get back to people at the end of the day. So for me, I've, I've learned how to use my iPhone a little bit better. Um, you know, making time again for exercise, mental fitness has been huge. Uh, we've interviewed Hamza Khan on the podcast. He talks, he wrote the book, the burnout gamble, uh, one of our most popular talks to date, because I think it's a very relatable topic and he has some really good tips as well. 
Amazing. That's such good advice. Did you want to add anything? Yeah. My biggest advice, um, Tim Ferriss always says, just, you just have to move the needle a little bit every single day towards your goals. And I always think about that when I wake up, I'm like, I just have to do a little bit. And it's, you know, if you're consistent, same with minimalism, with decluttering, if you're consistent with just doing a little bit every single day, you will make huge gangs, like 20 minutes a day of decluttering. That's hundreds over a hundred hours of decluttering in a year. And, you know, I obviously Kelly was saying, I do credit my morning routine, which I wake up every morning. I make a cup of coffee and I read, I don't like to hit the ground running when I wake up. Cause it, starts my day off on a peaceful note. I exercise, I get ready, and then I start work. And I do that whether I'm on vacation, whatever day it is, I always start my way, my morning that way. And I, I just write out the few things I need to do, like the few clients I need to call in real estate, the notes I need to take on the podcast that's coming up. If Kelly and I have dividers that we need to mail out, like I, I just write down the few things I need to do for each category and I make sure I get them done. I also really, like Kelly said, schedule my time off. Like I, I love to relax in the evenings. I am not a night person at all. I don't have energy at that time. I'm wired at 5 a.m., but I'm exhausted at 9. So I, and I'm aware of that. I'm like, I have to get this done because I know that after dinner, I'm just going to want to relax or see a friend. So I, I'm just very mindful of, and it makes you excited if you're like, okay, I'm going to get this work done. And then tonight I'm going to relax. I can, cause I think a lot of people are like, oh, I have to work so much or so long. Whereas if you really focus on what matters and get that done, you'll, to go a lot further in business as opposed to trying to do everything and then burning out and not being able to do anything. Mm, that is such good advice. And I love that you shared the importance of consistency, like mm-hmm. just taking little steps every day does accumulate in life in business and every, every aspect of your life really. Um, and so for people who are feeling overwhelmed, just taking those little steps every day, you'll wake up three months from now, six months from now and be in a different space, like mentally, physically, where whatever you're working on. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I would love to know what book you would both recommend to all entrepreneurs or anyone listening to read if they could only read one. What book has had a really significant impact on your minimalist journey and um, entrepreneurial journey so far? So for me, oh, that's so hard to choose one, but I would choose Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Uh, We've interviewed him twice. Uh, He wrote the books Essentialism and Effortless. Uh, his first book is all about focusing on, on what's most essential. I think the the reason why a lot of us become burnt out is because we're not just focusing on what's most essential. We're focusing on way too many things at once uh, that are actually taking up time from the thing that is the most essential to us. So that book has is jam-packed with tips to help you refocus your attention, um, you know, move each day with intention figure out the areas in your life that you're spending time that you could remove 
so that you can create more space in your day for those things that you're working on that are the most important. Uh, and it goes back to the big rocks theory, uh, you know, put the big rocks in first, the most important pieces in first before, you know, you put in the pebbles in the sand. Uh, and you know, that, that's, that's a book that's definitely changed my life. And if I can add a bonus book, uh, I think the most important uh, book to read in life is mindset by Carol Dweck because everything in life starts with our mindset and it's all about having a growth mindset. I love that. I'm going to add those to the show show notes for anyone listening. Lauren, did you want to share yours? I have so many books. I'm such a big (laughs) reader, but the one that like always pops into my head and this is people aren't going to expect that this would be the book that I would mention, but it's called Madame Chic. It was written by a girl named Jennifer L. Scott. She has a YouTube channel, which I watch every week too. Um, why this book changed my life. So it's about a girl who did a exchange program in Paris. And she just talks about how she lived with an older Parisian family. And um, they lived very formal lives. And she came back to California and wrote about these people and their lifestyle. And she just they lived their lives with such passion and such meaning. And they they woke up every day and they dressed up and they had these beautiful meals every night and they put passion into their work. And they just lived these beautiful formal lives. And it, it always stayed with me. Like I, I, it made me so much more present. Like even in work, it's like when I work, I want to be working to enjoy my work and to do a good job, not just to like make money or as a means to an end. And just everything she said in the book resonated with me so much. And I applied it to my life. And even though I have so many other books I read, that's just one book that I took so much from and I've always, I've read all of her books and I've watched her for so many years. So yeah, it's called Madame Chic. It's really good. I love that. I'm adding all three of these books to my, my reading list for the year. Um, They sound really great. And for anyone listening, we'll add the links to those books in the show notes. Um, So Kelly and Lauren, you've given us so much today. And to wrap up that interview, I'd love to ask you one last question. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your years of living a minimalist lifestyle? So the biggest lesson I've learned is that you should move at your own pace. Everybody's story is different. Everybody moves at a different pace. It's not a race, uh, you know, and for me, this lifestyle has really helped me uncover my true passions and help me develop my passions and try things out and pursue the things that are most meaningful to me rather than following everyone else. And, you know, I think a lot of us can fall into that trap and this lifestyle by removing the excess possessions in my life, it's helped me uncover the things that were weighing me down and see more clearly. I like to say the people and experiences and things that bring me the most value in my life. I love that. Yeah. Minimum minimalism. (laughs) No, I can't say it has has just made me realize that there's so much more to life than stuff. (laughs) Like once you get past that and you, you can start living, like you're not spending your Saturdays cleaning your house and shopping. You're like writing and reading and seeing your friends and like you you work on passion projects and you, you just it's also a very responsible way to live. Like I feel like owning what you need and what you use is better for the environment. It's better 
for you financially. It's just, it's, it's a pro it's a good way to live. Um, I've realized that there's so many different areas of minimalism. Like we always joke, I have two bath towels and like a million thoughts. So (laughs) there's definitely, you can improve with technology. You can improve with your, your mental clutter. Like there's so many different areas, but I've also learned that it's such a wonderful way to live. Like I, I feel like I look at people who have so much stuff and it, it causes me stress and anxiety. So I, I think that once you become aware of this lifestyle and you start applying it, you, you will reap so many benefits that you didn't even know you were missing out on. Mm, I love that. Um, that's, that's so, so true. And those lessons um, are very powerful, actually. So I'm sure you're going to have a lot of listeners going and researching and finding more out about minimalism. Um, so thank you so much for being here, Kelly and Lauren, and for sharing so much insight and your experience with us today. For anyone who is listening to this and is feeling really inspired and want to follow along on your journey and connect with you and learn more about minimalism, where can they find you and how can our listeners support you? Uh, so they can find us at Millennial Minimalists on any podcast platform. And you can uh, learn more about us at mastersimplicity.com. And again, you can find us at Millennial Minimalists on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and it's millennial with two N's. Sometimes people have trouble finding us because of uh, the spelling of millennial. And then, uh, of course, uh, you can also send us an email at millennialminimalists at gmail.com. Amazing. Thank you. I'm going to put those in the show notes so anyone listening can go get the links there. Um, And thank you so much for being here. I had so much fun chatting to you and learning more about minimalism today. Thank you so much. You're so lovely. This was so great. It's so nice to have the three of us together. And I want to say like, congrats on your journey. Uh, Even just looking at your backdrop, it's so minimalistic. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Lauren and I had such a fun time speaking with Robin. And if you enjoyed our discussion, please send us a DM or share a story on Instagram and tag us at Millennial Minimalist and Robin at Robin Clark Coaching or send this episode to a friend. And if you'd like to learn more about Robin, her podcast and her minimalist jewelry line, please check out the links in the show notes. And lastly, I want to say a big thank you to all of you who have written us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. We read all your reviews and we love seeing new ones pop up each week. Your words are super, super motivating and they also help our podcast grow. So thanks again for listening, everyone, and we'll speak with you soon. Bye-bye.